Uh, There's something I want to reiterate. Excuse me. Uh, Memorial Day. I just, uh, if you look around, just for those who have served in the military, would you uh, go ahead and just put your hand out. Just put put them up. Go ahead, everybody. Amen. Amen. And uh, some of you are wearing your your hats and different things, and that's okay. Um, But I I want to read this to you that I wrote down, and I want to uh, pray for all that serve in the military. Um, I also want to include those that work in hospitals, um, paramedics, firemen, police officers, uh, sheriff's department, um, you know, private security that protects our politicians, that protects uh, people around our country. Uh, It is a time frame that we are looking at, um, a reality that God is moving in a great way, harvest is happening, and the enemy doesn't like it. And he's going to change, try to change our communication. And what he's done, if you find out the history, uh, you know, Facebook, I believe, started in 1990, uh, and um, 97, Twitter, whatever it was, something like that. But we find that in 1990, 1991 is where a lot of school shootings began, uh, communication uh, that's going on. Uh, people are going on blogs, and, and things are happening. And it is communication that's a key. I want to tell you, communication brings freedom or communication brings bondage. And I choose freedom, don't you? And so what we find is we're not coming against anything. I love communication. I use Facebook. Um, I don't use Twitter uh, for my own personal reasons. But the bottom line is we are, uh, there's a lot of other communication areas uh, that we can utilize, but I want you to recognize that there is demonic, uh, satanic communication happening that is creating spiritual uh, death in lives of people that are creating things that are going on. We don't want to, you know, I remember the years when I was younger, they used to preach against TV. Well, I don't preach against TV. I preach against watching things that you shouldn't watch. I don't preach against communication. I think we need to communicate more. But I think we need to watch what, we, uh, what places we're in and uh, what, uh, you know, Snapchat, you know, Snapchat, not Snapchat, but uh, all these things, we need to watch the things that we are on because of what is being said. We need to watch, uh, you know, we need to know what's going on in our world, but we need to make sure that we're watching the places that are not bringing a brainwashing type of thing in our lives. Either spectrum, wherever you are politically, we need to watch what we are watching and listening to and reading. Memorial Day on May 5th, 1868, General Logan issued a proclamation calling for Decoration Day to be observed 
annually nationwide. But after World War I, the focus of that day annually was shifted to honor the men and women who paid the ultimate sacrifice and lost their life, <clears throat> and that's Memorial Day. In 1971, I remember it, 1971, it became a national holiday. I remember throughout the land, on the first Memorial Day, became a national holiday that literally um, there was a time frame around the nation that everyone would stop and they would take a moment of silence and pray for our military and for the families that have lost their loved ones. We were coming out of Vietnam. And so there were, I believe, over 60,000 people were killed from the United States in Vietnam. And we need to recognize what is taking place for all those that are here. I honor you. We have lost the, the position of honor. The Word of God speaks about honor throughout the Old Testament and New Testament. We have lost the respect and honor towards parenthood. We have lost the respect and honor towards authority. That is, even though at times authority is out of line and wrong. Because I, I want you to recognize that, and I'm going to talk about this regarding our new series that I begin today, is that a hundred million people were killed because of wrong authority throughout the history. And I want you to realize the history of the United States. A hundred million people have been killed around the world because of wrong authority. And it could be named uh, Marxism, communism, socialism, whatever that may be. Because of that, that took place. Hopefully that's being taught in your schools. But if not, you're going to hear it from your pastor. Because I'm a teacher of truth. So today, <clears throat> what I want us to do is take a 15-second moment of silence, recognizing the men and women that have lost their lives, the families that have lost their spouses, their daddies, and their grandpas in war. I have friends that lost their brothers and sisters in Vietnam in the Iraq War. And I want you to recognize, I feel it, it's personal to me. So if we could take the 15 seconds, and then I'm going to pray for our message. Father, we honor men and women that are involved in the protection of our land, the protection of our health. But Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that protects our minds and our hearts from wrong communication. And Lord, as we dive into this new series, understanding why am I here? In Jesus' name, I proclaim the truth that would set us free. And if there's been any place from communication 
that has bound us up or brought fear into us. I come against that in Jesus' name and I curse those words that they must fall and I proclaim the word of God will bring freedom and joy in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you as you are seated. We begin today talking about my Christian calling. The reason why am I here? We must understand all of us are called to a calling. Let me say that again. All of you and me are called to a calling. So the question is, what we're going to dive into, I am not the Holy Spirit. I am not the one that will reveal the true calling and giftings that you have. But I'm going to help you to find the one that will implement and solidify your calling in your heart. We're going to talk about our career calling. We're going to talk about many aspects of calling And then we're going to dive into when we understand our call, then we need to understand our God. So we're going to spend three weeks in this series talking about who God is, his character, his personality. So in this series, again, excuse me, my premise is if you don't know your calling as a believer, as a Christian, Confusion and deception will manifest. We don't know how to proclaim our lifestyle and even our identity. Today we find um, difficulty of people finding their true identity, their created identity. Scripture says we are all called, and we're all called to be saints. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 2, I want to read this to you. It says, to the church of God which is at Corinth, the Corinthian church, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. So every one of us, if you are born again, you are a saint. Some of you should say amen. When we think of calling, Jesus called the 12 disciples, didn't he? When you think of the disciples, he called them to do and to accomplish things. But there is something more important than what he called them to do. And I want you to hear this. As I'm introducing this message and this series, I want you to understand that there's something more important than what he called you to do. And understanding this will help us understand everything else in our walk with God. So there must be, there must be an understanding and a revelation that there, there's something more than just doing it. So let me give you three words in this message today that will help you define your or our Christian calling. The first word I want to give you is knowing, knowing. So now the premise is is that we're all called, we're all saints, 
that there's specific calling that we have that we must understand. And we're going to do things because of that calling, but there's something greater we must understand, not just doing. In Luke 9, verse 1, it says, And he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So several places, Scripture says, Jesus sent, sent them to do. What are we to do? Preach the kingdom of God, the gospel. We are to heal the sick and cast out demons. Let me say that again. We are to preach the kingdom of God, the gospel, lead people to Jesus. We are to heal the sick, lay hands on the sick, and to cast out demons. You find this throughout the book of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and then the apostles explain this in the epistles. It hit me, though, in my study, as I was studying this over a year ago, Jesus was referring to all of you as a person. So I want you to understand, it's not just a thing to do. You're not just a thing to do something. He's looking at you as a person, a human being that he partners with, that he works with, that he's your God, and he gives you a calling to do things, but there's something more than that. Jesus is concerned about you, the person. And we need to understand, because we're going to do this in this series, we need to understand also that we are spirit, soul, and body. And we need to recognize in this reality that there are specific things that we do with the three but there's also something else that we're to understand with the three. So let me give you an explanation of the three. To preach the gospel, your spirit can be born again. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. If you're here today, if you're watching online, then you must recognize is that today is a day that you can receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and your spirit becomes born again. Then it says to heal the sick. It refers to your body. So God is concerned about your body and the welfare of your body. And then cast out demons refers to your soul. Listen very closely because it matches what I was describing regarding Memorial Day and communication. We are to cast out demons, refers to your soul, because that is the area where deception and demonic influence will torment, torment you, because they torment the soul, which is the mind, your will, and your emotions. Paul said in Scripture the things that I want to do, I don't do, and the things I don't want to do, I do. Okay, now I want you to recognize that you can write the same thing, amen? And so <clears throat> with that, then Paul, after that, if you study, Paul began to explain 
what he had to understand so that he would do the things according to his calling. Okay, follow me? All right, so to simplify our Christian calling, we're to help people. Everything that you are about, you are to help people. God will move upon our lives and what you give will be given back to you, pressed down and shaken together, running over. So the point is, if I understand the doing aspect of everything that I do helps people, then what happens in my life, the harvest is everything that I need is given back to me and running over because I stay focused on loving you and loving other people and helping other people. Now, I want you to, we'll get this in about five weeks. I want you to understand that helping people just doesn't mean you just help them continue to do their bad things. You help people by preaching the gospel, laying hands on the sick and casting out demons. You follow that? Okay, because a lot of times we get deceived. <clears throat> you know, you, you're walking around and, and you come out of church and someone's standing out in the parking lot and says, can you help? And you say, sorry, I'm not able to do that because you're led of the Holy Spirit. They say, well, what kind of Christian are you? you kinda, you're the kind of Christian that understands who you are <clears throat> and understand past the doing. Because we, we get so deceived and destroyed by what we're doing or not doing because we don't know what we need to understand. I'm going to get there in a moment. We're going to find out what we need to understand. So we're, to simplify it, we're to help people. Winston Churchill, one of my favorite leaders, said, a change is the price of survival. So wherever you're at, you need to understand if you're going to survive in area of every area of your life, there needs to be change and change of thinking. But pastor, I've known the Lord for 40 years. I've known the Lord for 50 years. I've known the Lord for five years. I know it all. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, I don't. I am amazed at the people I've been around, spiritual people I've been around, <clears throat> the privilege to be mentored by, and the study that I've done for decades I'm amazed that there's so much more I need to learn. Amen? So change. Here's what I want you to know with deeper understanding of your Christian calling. Jesus has called you to be something. Everyone say be something <clears throat> before you can do something. Okay, let's say it. Jesus has called you to be something, let's say it now, before you can do something. See, the power to do comes through the power to be. Power doesn't manifest unless you become what you've been called to be. In Hamlet, 
What's the famous saying? To be or not to be? And I want to tell you, there are a lot of people that are not to be, but they do. And they wonder why harvest hasn't manifested. Mark 3, verse 14, 15 says, Then he, Jesus, appointed 12 that they might watch these three things. Be with him, and that he might send them out to preach and to have power, verse 15, to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. Before Jesus appointed them to do, he appointed them to be. And that's where every one of us, me included, need to change every single day, is to recognize is that I have a passion to do something I need to first check if I've become something to do it. Your number one thing and or priority as a Christian is to be with Christ, to be with him. Because the power to do comes from the power to be or being with him. There are a lot of people, remember the story, you know, we go out and the demons don't listen. And then Jesus answers, faithless generation. He didn't say, you're so lousy, you're no good, as some people will teach. You know what he said? You just don't really know who you really are. And you haven't become it. In your mind, your will, and your emotions. I was in heaven when he was cast out. I know who I am. You know who you are. Of course, pastor, I know you're paraphrasing. But realize, because the power to do comes from the power to be. So the disciples had to learn how to be with Jesus. When they learn how to be with Jesus, you see the transition, the change in their ministry in the Gospels. They would have the power to preach, the power to heal, and the power to cast out demons. See, power without peace is poison. Power without peace is poison. Think about Stalin. Think about Hitler. Think about Chairman Mao. Think about Putin. All wrapped in wanting control of the world. Wrong power, and because of that wrong power, communism, socialism, Marxism, Antichrist, destroy religion, quote, Christianity, over 100 million people were slaughtered. That's a little under a third of the United States of America. Think of it that way. God said, I'm going to give you power 
but you need to know me first. Some of you are believing God for healing in your family. There needs to be a little change. Dive in and become who God called you to be. Dive in and and begin to know this. You use power to help people, not to hurt them. The power of your calling comes from being connected with God, knowing him, knowing Christ. So the first thing we are called to do is to know Jesus. So the the illustration, let me just give you a simple one. You've probably heard this before. Think of an extension cord. If it's not connected to a power source, you can plug many different things to it, and none of them will work because there's no power. Because the extension cord by itself has no power. Me and myself, I have no power. I need to be connected to the power source, and his name is Jesus Christ. So listen closely. But if the extension cord is plugged into the power source, the exact same power in the source is available at the end of that extension cord. That's you and me. The same power. That's what Jesus was telling the disciples. Hey, I saw him cast out. I'm giving you the same thing. But you got to be connected with me. Oh, we just want to do. We want to, you know, mark everything that we did. My testimony. I'm not against testimonies. I'm for testifying of becoming like Christ. As your pastor, I want to tell you this. All of you are extension cords. You are an extension cord of God's power, his love, his grace, his mercy, his peace, and kindness is the fruit of the Spirit. You are the extension cord. What's on the end of your cord? See, God's power produces freedom. United States of America, to me, the greatest country in the world, bar none. No one is going to get anything on the other end if you are not connected with Christ. Let me just tell you this. The end of the summer, we've talked about stewarding life well, stewarding every aspect of our life in this past series when we were talking about finances. The end of the summer, I will be on a sabbatical, not because there's anything wrong. I will take a couple, two, three weeks and back away from my occupation. We're going to talk about our careers in this series, but, and we'll talk more about that, your occupation. But I don't back away from being a Christian. Wherever I go, I preach the gospel, heal the sick, and cast out demons. I have to go in secrecy if my wife and I are traveling around to a lot of states because we know a lot of pastors that we've mentored, and when they hear we're close by, they call us up to preach, so I'd have to work. So on my occupation as a pastor, if I'm going to spend time, which I am going to steward well, I'm going to one week for study, another week 
uh, just my wife and I having a great time and another week of just fun. We talked about breakthrough and fun, and we're just going to have fun together, or I'm just going to go play a lot more golf. <clears throat> See, we all do that. We preach the gospel, heal the sick, cast out demons. That's our calling as Christians, but there is no power uh, if we're not plugged into Jesus. And there's no fruit because of that. And there are a lot of Christians that are becoming deceived because they think there's something wrong that they've done. I'm just telling you, you're not plugged in. You're not spending the time plugging in with Christ. But let me say it this way. You're still amazing. You're still a child of God. You're going to heaven. Amen. I, I remember a while ago, I was texting Carlos when he was in the hospital. And, and uh, how you doing? I'm concerned, you know. All this is, man, I'm doing great. You know, he was on Zoom while he was in the hospital. I think that's true, right? And, right, you were on Zoom while you're in the hospital, you know. And this is the type of people you are. You're amazing. But I'm just reminding you what Jesus reminded the disciples throughout the time he was with them. He said, you got to stay plugged in. So the primary calling is to know him. That's, if you want to say, well, what do you do for a living? Well, um, I plug into Jesus. No, 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 I'm talking about, no, I plug into Jesus. What about your work? Oh, I work here, but I, I plug into Jesus, and that's why I do well what I do at work. Amen? And see, so it's knowing there's more than what you do. You do well because you know Christ. Here's a second word to help uh, discuss your Christian calling is growing. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Power cord. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Mean meaning grows, for without me, you can do a few things. No, it says you can do nothing. I want to tell you, don't, don't look at me like, I've been a Christian for 20 years. You want to see my belt and how many notches I have and how many people I've got saved? And Without Christ, you and I can do nothing. Again, same analogy of the extension cord. 2 Peter 3.18 says, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. There it is again. It's amazing you can grow in grace and you can grow in the knowledge of Jesus. It's a lifelong journey. So part of our calling as a believer is we should be growing. Growing in our church, our Bible studies, OSL discipleship, married couples, conferences, read the Bible daily, prayer time. I could go on and on. We need to grow. We need to change in that area. We should be growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ because if we are not growing, how can you help anyone? Amen. No matter how long you have known the Lord, are you still growing? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, 
that you may grow thereby. Well, I'm not a babe anymore. Some of you might think you're babes, but anyways, it is saying this, as a baby desires milk, you should desire the word the same way. <laughs> I know you've done this. We're all a little bit cruel. Have you ever taken a baby and held the milk bottle up? I won't go to the other subject, ladies, when you're feeding your baby. They get all excited, don't they? That's the way we need to be with the Word of God. No matter how long you've known the Lord, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what trial and tribulation, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And where you get that joy is knowing Him. It's in Him. So we grow. The disciples are heroes of faith. But seeing their lives, they needed to grow, didn't they? How many times did they mess up like me? Or how many times have I messed up like they messed up? We all mess up. But look at Luke 9 again, verse 49. Now John answered and said, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we forbade him because he does not follow with us. Let me paraphrase that scripture. This is religion. We saw someone helping someone, but he doesn't go to our church. So we chewed him out good. Doesn't believe the way we believe. He may not believe exactly your doctrine, but he believes in Christ. He might be mid-trib, post-trib, or whatever trib. He might be a Calvinist, which has a lot of wrong teaching. He might not believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He might not believe in the prayer language. But Jesus said, if he's not against us, he's for us. He might not be in our group, but he's for Jesus. Can you imagine if the body of Christ will quit dividing and stay plugged to the power? Stay plugged to the power source? How many could be saved, healed, and be delivered? How many people are not delivered because we don't stay plugged in and we don't grow and we don't change? They still need to grow. Watch this, Luke 9, 52. And they, they sent messengers before his face, and as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. In other words, Jesus had a purpose, Holy Spirit-led purpose. And one of his disciples, James and John, saw this. They said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. I could see the disciples. You know? You ever felt that way? Matthew 19, verse 13. Then little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray, but the disciples rebuked them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and departed from there. In other words, what Jesus was saying, what we began talking about, 
Guys, what are you doing? You're doing this because you haven't become what I've called you to be. But here's the hope. The disciples did grow because Acts 17.6 tells us, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Speaking of the disciples, they got it. They got the revelation of the Christ. They grew so much in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, all but John died a martyr's death of the 11, excluding Judas. Let me show you. Matthew was killed by a sword in Ethiopia for his belief. Peter was crucified upside down because he told his tormentors he felt unworthy to die in the same way Jesus had died. James the Great was beheaded in Jerusalem. Bartholomew, also known as Nathaniel, was flogged to death. The other James was thrown over a hundred-foot cliff, but from his fall, he didn't die. So they ran down there and they clubbed him to death. Thomas was stabbed with a spear in India during one of his missionary trips. Andrew was whipped uh, severely by seven soldiers in Greece, and then he was crucified. His followers said about Andrew, listen to this. And when I was reading this of the history of Josephus, his followers said, as he was led to the cross, Andrew said these words. I have long desired and expected this happy hour. He knew eternity. He continued to preach on the cross also for two days until he died. That's growing. So what's more than what we do is we need to know and we need to grow And the third understanding of Christian calling is the word glowing. Glowing. I'm not talking about sweating. Glowing. So what is God saying to you? We are to be light in a dark world. We are to be light in a dark world. How are we light? John 1, verse 6 through 8, is John the Baptist. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. We are not the light, but we know the light and we shine by knowing and growing in the knowledge of him, Christ. That's when you glow, and that's when you see the harvest and the fruit of the power of God in you because you're connected to Jesus Christ. That is your Christian calling. Put simply, you cannot glow unless the light shines on you and through you the power 
of Jesus Christ. Some Christians don't glow because they don't spend time with God. Some Christians struggle in life on a daily basis because they try to do and they fail. How many of you in this house have ever tried to do something in your life and you failed at it? Amen. That's not your identity. That's not failure. That is just being human, knowing and growing. I, if I, you know, would raise my hands, I'd have to use my fingers, my hands. I'd have to put one leg up, the next leg up, then wink on my toes and, you know, and, and all kinds of things, and then get someone stand behind me raising their hands and saying, this is how many times pastors failed, how he's messed up. And I want you to recognize when I'm talking about this, our calling, it is a lifelong journey, folks. It's not something that a pastor standing up here, you know, standing, you know, a foot off the ground because he just floats with God. <laughs> you know, for those that are listening, I just put my finger in my throat like I just gagged. Then that's ridiculous. And so I don't stand up here better than you. I stand up here telling you I've learned to know him, I've learned to grow, and I've learned to glow. And I'm still learning about him. Do you know how deep it is of knowing who God really is? I've been preaching all these years. And I'm probably preaching that much of this much because there's so much that God is for you individually, personally. See, there are family members, friends that you have been doing the work of the ministry and it just seems like it's not working. I'm just asking you, let's all connect today. Let's all connect. Last scripture and then we'll stand. Acts 4.13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. <clears throat> Hallelujah. See, that's why Carlos had that faith that he had. Even though we feel what we feel. How many of you ever get scared? You go into the doctor's office and your heart rate goes up. Why? Because you're afraid of bad news. But when you are with God, you may go through tribulation, but be of good cheer. Jesus Christ has overcome the world. Situations in our land is nothing for Jesus to fix. But guess what? The power source is sitting on the right hand of the Father. And we need to be connected with him. And through the Holy Spirit, we'll bring that in in our series, through the Holy Spirit, we will do mighty things for the kingdom of God. Life 
style changes. Have you been with Jesus? Let's start today. Let's all stand. Praise the Lord.